and welcome to What a Scream, the horror movie podcast where I, your host, Igraine, chats with a special guest every week about horror movies. And in particular, we discuss movies that have to do with a certain subject or topic that I've previously randomly chosen before recording. Um, so this week, uh, it is all about zombies um another horror movie staple it's one of the you know the famous horror creatures um so zombies are usually portrayed as either reanimated corpses or virally infected human beings um they're usually cannibalistic in nature either you know there's this whole trope where zombies are after your brains or whatever um usually the zombieism is uh, passed on through bite or a mix of blood, um, depending on the folklore that the film is using. Um, So when it comes to zombies being shown in horror, Victor Halperin's White Zombie from 1932 is often thought of as the first zombie movie. Now this goes into the uh, kind of Haitian voodoo, voodoo tradition of zombies, where there are people that are almost kind of brainwashed um, into becoming uh, enslaved by the person that is holding control over them. Um, as well as White Zombie, there was also I Walked With a Zombie from 1943, which myself and Ruby covered in our RKO episode. Um, so modern zombie lore emerged from, of course, the infamous Night of the Living Dead from 1968, directed by George Romero, although they were never called zombies in that film, they were called ghouls. Um, There was a sequel as well in 1978, Dawn of the Dead, as well as the 1985 Day of the Dead. So George Romero is pretty much the grandfather of the modern day zombie. Um, This in turn then inspired Zombie 2 from 1979, Return of the Living Dead in 1985. And also in the 1980s, in Hong Kong cinema, the Chinese zombie-like creature Jiangxi featured in a wave of films, most popular being, of course, Mr. Vampire in 1985. Um, we return to Hollywood. In 1988, The Serpent and the Rainbow was released, uh, which is also a zombie-centric film. Zombie games such as Resident Evil and House of the Dead inspired a new wave of zombie films in the early 2000s, uh, what with the Resident Evil series, 28 Days Later from 2002, its sequel in 2007, House of the Dead, from 2003, 2004's remake of Dawn of the Dead, and of course, Shaun of the Dead, which I have also previously discussed um, in the horror comedy uh, episode. So as time went on, zombies became more agile, vicious, stronger, and intelligent, um, based on, of course, the video game zombies. Um, In the late 2010s, the zombie genre kind of started to decline, although there were still zombie-related films hitting it big, such as World War Z in 2013, and the Korean Train to Busan 2016, Girl with All the Gifts as well from 2016, and One Cut of the Dead 2017. And of course, was it 2021 when Zack Snyder's um, Something of the Dead? I can't even remember. That's how much it impressed me. All I know is that it was three hours too long. Um, So yeah, zombies are never going to go out of fashion I think they're always going to be a mainstay of the horror genre so my guest for this week is Project Zero Cram and together we are chatting about two zombie films we are talking about um, Dawn of the Dead and uh, 2002's 28 Days Later so we've got two very different versions of zombies we've got 
the reanimated corpses and um, more of a virus kind of. Although it's it's funny how both George A. Romero and Danny Boyle both said, oh, no, they're not zombies. They kind of are, you know. Once it's out in the stratosphere, it, it's kind of, it depends on, you know, the reception rather than the intention when it comes to this sort of thing. So, yes, here is our chat about zombies. So I would like to welcome to the podcast for the very first time, Project Zero Cram. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. As you can hear, I sound absolutely disgusting. I sound like a Cronenberg body horror going on right now, but it is just that season for colds. <laughs> yeah, that and all the horror screaming. Yeah, exactly. Um, so at the time of recording, we are in spooky season. Um so have you been enjoying the endeavors of Halloween? This is the, like the best season of the year. This is what I look forward to. We, we start November 1st and go all the way till October 1st of just preparing. <laughs> you are um, a, a member of Halloween Town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so for anyone that doesn't know who you are, would you like to give a, a bit of an introduction to yourself, please? Yeah, absolutely. What's up, everyone? I'm Project Zero Cram, your ghost host with the most horror content creator um everything else you know it's like to have fun do spooky things all the time yeah like most of this community um (laughs) I always love it like I show up at my son's preschool in like my horror kind of themed things and everyone's like oh you're really getting into the Halloween spirit and I'm like yeah Halloween (laughs) (laughs) Um, everybody Everybody else sees Halloween as a day. Halloween's a lifestyle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not a phase, mom. Um, <laughs> um, so how did you get into horror? And do you remember the first horror film that you ever saw? So I got into horror probably when I was two or three years old. I remember seeing, man, it would have been the original It or uh, Child's Play. One of those two movies when I was really young. You know, the ones that are absolutely meant to scare you and terrify yeah. you. And I remember sitting there watching and be like, I want a Chucky doll or I want to go hang out with clowns. And my, my mom being like, all right, let's do it. And so I've always just been, you know, it's always just been part of who I am. Yeah. And um, I've asked this question a lot on the podcast, but do you feel that your introduction to horror as a child has kind of shaped the adult you've become? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think horror is definitely a thing that where children should be introduced at a young age. Uh, there's definitely younger horrors like Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. I guess can fall on that but um, it's kind of that thing that gives you a, an outlet to process a very complicated emotion in a very uh, controlled environment yeah. so whereas as a child you're scared of everything um, but seeing these these monsters in in our today's case zombies seeing them at a young age you learn how to just process it um, in a way that like it's not as scary yeah Absolutely. And what scared you as a child? Zombies. Zombies, really? (laughs) Yes. Wow. (laughs) That seems really apt then for what we're talking about, because this podcast episode's theme is, of course, the zombie, um, one of the mainstays. So I take it you're a big fan of zombies then? Uh, I mean, fan is using a light word. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I do love zombies. Zombies, Mm -hmm. I think, are you know, a genre, uh, there, there's no comparison to the genre of zombies. Um, so I've always been into it, always liked it. Um, 
but it is always terrifying. (laughs) And what do you think is so terrifying about zombies? The hopelessness. So what um, zombies, I mean, if you look at them from a base level, minus the, you know, running zombies base level, they, uh, they don't need sleep. They don't stop. They keep going. One becomes two, two becomes four, four become eight, 16 and so on and so forth. So there comes a point you, you can fight a zombie, but at some point you're going to run out of bullets. You're going to run out of energy. You're going to have to go to sleep. Um, and they just crowd you and you can't, they're, they're just, at some point there's the inevitable is going to happen. If there's a zombie apocalypse, everybody will be zombies and there's no getting out of it. Yeah, I've always felt like, so I went through a big zombie phase um, when I was a teenager, and I always felt that zombies were an inevitable horror. I mean, we can disprove vampires, we can disprove werewolves and ghosts, etc, etc, but it always felt like zombies was a very real, very kind of could actually happen kind of horror, and especially with like current events, you're like, actually, you know what, yeah. Like yeah. this could actually happen. <laughs> with actually with current events, I'm excited to see how like new zombie movies are going to take place. Yeah, because we see such polarized reactions to what's going on in the world, and I really hope future zombie movies take you know that into account and play on it. Yeah, and I think that would make zombies feel even more real than they already are. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, so one of the reasons I really got into zombie horror when I was a teenager was I loved gore. Like I was a gore hound as a teenager. I love, and I still do. I still love like visual effects, special effects. Um, is that a big thing for you as well, being a zombie fan? Yeah. So actually, when I was a uh, when I lived back uh, back towards Hollywood. Um, I actually did a lot of the haunted houses for Paramount Studios and stuff like that. Uh, and I did all the zombie special effects and stuff like that. So we did big zombie runs. We mm-hmm. did, you know, at the end of the haunted houses, you would, you know, come out and you think you're clear and then just hordes of zombies would dress up and come at you. And to make them, you know, convincing you had to get all that gore and all that blood and, um, you know, deformities. Like, I think the weird thing about zombies is they look like humans, but they're slight mm-hmm. uh, deformities that kind of like, throw it off a little bit like you know an eye hanging out so, yeah. yeah absolutely um so we've got this kind of zombie tradition that obviously comes from you know places like haiti and kind of mm-hmm. comes from like the voodoo and voodoo kind of religions and then it changed to come the 1960s and it became you know a, a walking corpse a, a ghoul um what do you think of that transformation from kind of a brainwashed human like a I mean I guess they were kind of walking dead but not to the point of being corpses to now they are in George A. Romero's words ghouls um how do you feel about that transformation uh actually I if you look at it you have to kind of separate the two mm-hmm. um at least that's how I do it I look at them separate one you know you have the voodoo Haitian kind of this is what a zombie is and then you have like what modern day zombie is um, both very scary in their own mm-hmm. aspect, not having control of your body and being controlled by somebody else is terrifying. And then uh, being dead, but not being dead is also very terrifying. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's definitely a good transition, um, but you have to go back to the roots once in a while. And they're really good on back in the roots. Yeah. I mean, I've watched a lot of like uh, films, like I walked with a zombie, white zombie, obviously. Mm. And they're so different to what we, now think of as zombie films but as you said they're just as terrifying because it is about a loss of control over your own mind and body and 
that is ter- like thinking like oh my god what if I become a zombie that's terrifying but then again I always think like I wouldn't really have the will to live when it came I'd be like yeah whatever just make me a zombie I don't care <laughs> like <laughs> well that, that's also the, the, the weird thing if you like when watching a, a zombie movie so somebody they get bit and they're like oh no I wasn't bit that's nothing and then you're like but you're gonna turn anyways just just go be the zombie get out of here <laughs> go be the zombie hang out by a tree let it happen or you know have that people put you down yeah <laughs> just, <laughs> just let nature take its control yeah. like <laughs> I, I'll, in every zombie i always thought that was like a really weird like thing like why why, why hide it just just let yeah. it be yeah and how do you think you would fare in a zombie apocalypse uh well that's very difficult because i think i'd fare very well <laughs> but then i remember like they just outnumber you so pro- mm. I, w- I would think i'd make it two weeks and then uh that's probably as far as I make it like I, I like even if you watch like the walking dead you're like yeah that's great for uh for tv but not in yeah. real life I like how real you're being like a lot of people would be like oh you know I'd, I'd go do this and I'd do this and I do that and you're like you know what I'd give me two weeks <laughs> yeah. yeah two weeks I mean think about it like water could be contaminated with a zombie apocalypse you're gonna you can run out of water there's, there's a lot of like base survival things you're probably not gonna have regular access to (laughs) so if you don't die from zombies you're gonna die of like dysentery exactly um (laughs) so let's uh move on to our movies then and let's talk about your choice so you were pretty on the draw when i gave you the zombie genre do you want to introduce your choice yeah so i'm actually going with the the dawn of the dead uh remake from 2004 um the original one was what introduced me to being terrified of zombies um i remember watching that one when i was like five or so and i couldn't sleep for three days after and any kind of noise made would make me jump up and prepare for zombies uh so (laughs) with the 2004 because i was a little bit older when i saw that one and it doesn't like traumatize me as bad Um, so I, I'm going to admit something here. I completely misread the situation and I actually watched the remake, uh, the original Dawn of the Dead. So <laughs> we're going to have a good time chatting about the two. But it's do okay. you, I understand both of them. Okay, good. Um, so do you want to give a, uh, a synopsis about the remake of Dawn of the Dead? Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, Man, Jack, uh, Zack Snyder and James Gunn come together for this. It's uh, James Gunn wrote it. Zack Snyder directed it. Um, it's a pseudo horror action movie. You have, and you kind of have to look at it in that in that kind of sense. Um, it's not straight horror, um, but it definitely is uh, the uh, mixture of the both. Um, and it's a, I mean, it's it's a remake of you know, Papa Romero's mm-hmm. uh, classics. So can't go wrong with that. A great lineup of cast too. Really, really solid cast. Mm-hmm. And um, why did you choose the remake of Dawn of the Dead as opposed to the original? Uh, I chose the remake because it's, it's a little more updated. I mean, that's that's subjective because you know mm-hmm. years ago, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little more updated. I feel like more people probably have seen that one than yeah. the original one. Mm-hmm. Uh. So that's one of the reasons I'm with it. And then again, you know, 
five year five year old project watching uh, the original one and not sleeping yeah. for three days. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in the original, we've got a gang of um survivors who go to a shopping mall to kind of not wait out the zombie apocalypse but kind of you know hang there for a bit until they can figure out what plans um is that survive survive yeah (laughs) um is that the same in the remake or has it gone you know where they do remakes where they're like we're going to take the basis of it but then we're going to go off and do our own little story so yeah i mean they're still going there to survive Mm -hmm. um but i mean there's a lot of things that they do like it's still the same premise, but there's a lot of ways that they uh, they do alter it to make it a little more um, knowledgeable. I feel like a lot of the message from Romero's original movie mm-hmm. of um, consumer- consumerism is lost okay. in the remake. And how do you feel it's lost? Uh, so if you want, when you watch the original one, uh, the consumerism is in uh, the people always assume the consumerism is in the zombies themselves. Uh-huh. Um, but if you really like step back and look at the movie, it's not just in the zombies you know going to the mall it's also the survivors so a lot of them are there they start stockpiling a lot of the valuables mm-hmm. and they're like this these are my valuables these these are these are what i have and mm-hmm. this they stay so it's still put and even in, in like the end in, in the world they're in their mind they're still a this still has value to me and i feel like a lot of that part of the movie is missing in the remake okay um I definitely wish that Snyder and Gunn would have would have focused more on the aspect of consumerism and not just yeah. blow things up. Yeah, I guess, especially with like Romero's kind of series of the dead has always had a strong underlying message. Obviously, with the first one, it was about race relations, even though originally that wasn't his kind of original intent. That's what it became. Um, Dawn of the Dead was obviously about consumerism. And it's kind of strange that Zack Snyder and James Gunn wouldn't stick to that original thing because I know obviously in you know the late 70s there was you know the uptake of shopping malls in America. So there was this big consumerism, but it's still a big thing in the early 2000s it's still a big thing now so it's kind of strange that they wouldn't stick to that yeah so like i say it's it's it lost a lot of its its back meaning but it comes it comes back with i figure there's there's another like underlying meaning to it Mm -hmm. and that is uh and it's more towards the end you see it Mm -hmm. and i feel like the, the ending the ending of the movie falls into the the hopelessness part yeah um yeah, I mean, a lot of zombie films are quite pessimistic in there. There's never a happy ending when it comes to zombie films. Um, so with Zack Snyder and James Gunn kind of at the helm, does the remake have more of this kind of big budget, almost comic book style? Uh, yeah, so it d- definitely has the bigger budget, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also has the... How would you say it? Um... I would I'd say it's it's kind of like the, the how the Walking Dead is mm-hmm. it has a bigger uh, bigger production feel to it. Um, and you, I mean, far more explosions. It feels like it was a more of a Michael. <laughs> it feels like it was more of a Michael Bay style movie than a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always a positive. Yeah. Um, and obviously in the original Dawn of the Dead, the great Tom Savini was the special effects artist. Now I know with a lot of modern zombie films, they use more uh, computerized 
mm-hmm. like animated special effects. Is that the case in the remake? No, actually, I believe that they used a, a lot of prosthetics okay. in it, and it looks really good. Uh, mm-hmm. It definitely looks really good, and it's, it's super simple prosthetics that they used. Okay. But when you look at it, you're like, that that just sits wrong in my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like, so there's the one scene with with like with the the zombie baby, mm-hmm. and it it's a very hard scene as a as a parent. Yeah. Uh, but like when you see it, like that looks really good. I believe that one part maybe CG. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't really recall um if that makes sense but but yeah. it, the pacing is really weird with that part too okay do you think they just stuck it in for shock's sake i uh, yeah I, I would say that it was it was stuck in for shock's sake because you could literally take those characters out of the movie and it would move with no different mm-hmm. you could have kept those characters alive till the end it would have no different it was just there to be there ultimately. yeah um, so we saw a lot of remakes kind of coming out around this time, the early 2000s. There was a lot of old horror films getting remade, especially like House on Haunted Hill, The Haunting, uh, 13 Ghosts, that kind of around that kind of age. Do you think Dawn of the Dead needed to be remade? Uh, honestly, the way they remade it, no. Uh, current <laughs> days, I think yes. I think that Dawn of the Dead would have a good market to mm. be remade in kind of if they brought back Romero's uh kind of under understory and brought it back in modern time yeah and it'd be a fantastic movie especially yeah. if they said it if they said it around like thanksgiving mm-hmm. boxing day kind of thing yeah um i think it'd have more of an impact on modern times yeah i think it'd be funny if they said it around black friday <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely um so would you recommend uh the remake of dawn of the dead to horror fans oh absolutely and it, it, again you have to look at it as a pseudo horror pseudo action movie and mm-hmm. have to combine them both um it's not just it's gonna be a horror movie it's gonna keep me up for three days it's yeah. a uh, you know <laughs> you, 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 you're gonna it's like when you put your peanut butter and jelly together you got a little bit of peanut butter inside the jelly it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of how that movie works <laughs> yeah i mean i i think about like zombie films of that time and it was obviously resident evil was a big thing as well yep. kind of back then and resident evil and the next film we're going to talk about really set off the zombie revival um yes. so i think like it's one of those like whereas i feel the the original dawn of the dead is it's very serious it is very very serious and it's not like way zombies let's chop all their heads off and have fun with loads of gore it's not that kind of zombie film it's super serious um Whereas the remake is a bit of fun and it's a popcorn flick and you can watch yeah. it with your mates and it's it's just easy going, you know, it's not yeah. not too deep. So I do appreciate that era of zombie films for that. Um so yeah, I would kind of be like, you know what, if you need an easygoing zombie film, there you go. Dawn of the Dead remake. And then you can just criticize all the all the weird mistakes they make because there's a lot of weird mistakes. <laughs> like what? <laughs> so Okay, in the first part of the movie, there's a there's running zombies, which I mean, like Dawn of the Dead invented, or uh, 28 days later brought in mm-hmm. the, the running the running zombies. That's not true. Uh, I, I believe uh, Dawn of the Dead remake was before that, but they had running zombies in that in the very beginning, mm-hmm. and they slowed down as the movie progresses, which I think is a very very cool, um, subtle thing that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the main cast, they're very stealthy and sneaky going into the mall. 
And mm-hmm. then they get to the mall, and the door, like, they're going from inside of a store to the main hall. And instead of being stealthy, they just, like, they throw a toilet through the window and smashes it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> you were good up to this point, and you just smash a random window. You know it's going to draw them in. Yeah. And then you have, like, the lady with the dog. Mm-hmm. We know that we know that the zombies were not after the dog. Yeah. But but the dog goes in, zombies go in, she panics, and then like she jeopardizes everything. Like that's the linchpin of the movie. Like this mm-hmm. lady has to go save her dog. And because of that, it causes them to have to get out <laughs> earlier. It has causes all these different things that happen. If she would have just been like, they're not gonna go after the dog, the dog will come back. Let's just worry about getting out of here. <laughs> there always is that character, though, isn't it? That uh, completely yeah. fucks up everything for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's move on to my choice. Now, I chose Twenty Eight Days Later, and although, like, I wouldn't. So I used to be a massive zombie fan, and then I felt like it became very oversaturated with zombies. So I got very bored very quickly. Um, But I chose 28 Days Later because it, A, it was part of those very early zombie films in the 2000s that brought on this revival. And also because it showed a different type of zombie. So before 28 Days Later, we'd gotten used to the Romero zombie, which was the reanimated corpse. Whereas 28 Days Later had different kind of zombie. Um, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, So it is a 2002 British post-apocalyptic horror drama directed by Danny Boyle, uh, starring Killian Murphy, Naomi Harris, Christopher Eccleston and Brendan Gleeson. And it basically follows um, Killian Murphy's character as he awakes from a coma, discovering that the world is suffering from a zombie apocalypse due to the outbreak of the rage virus. So as I said beforehand, Romero zombies raised from the dead uh these zombies were uh they were living human beings that contracted a virus um and they were fast um but they did infect people through bite and blood um so what do you think of 28 days later are you a fan oh yeah uh, so I do want to issue a correction. I guess I was wrong. I guess that one did come out before the running yeah. zombies. <laughs> I, I was wrong on that one. I didn't um, but yeah, so I, I actually really liked the 28 days and weeks series uh, mm-hmm. together. Um, I think they're both really good. Uh, 28 days is definitely the, by far the better movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite enjoyable. And I like how they, uh, they really did change the thing, uh, really changed the dynamic of zombies. Yeah. Uh, because they don't call them zombies. So like, it's, the, it's the rage virus. Just, yeah, they're, I mean, they're just angry. Like oh. Danny Boyle has been very vocal about being like, this isn't a zombie film. It's not a zombie film. And you're like, mate, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's a zombie film. It might not be the bumbling corpse, but it's still zombies. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, it, it's a great movie. And then there's a, I think the premise of the movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoy how like, we don't... Like and when we're talking about Dawn of the Dead, the remake, you you see the build up to the zombies apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You see how it's how you the radio say, hey, this people are getting bit, so on so forth. Yeah. You see it happen. We're done. We're uh, twenty eight days later. We're already set in the aftermath of the outbreak. Yeah, like we're already in the middle of it. The the character woke up in a coma. How they survived, I don't know. Mm. Um, 
well, I mean, I do know, but I it's like <laughs> logically, like, how do they yeah. survive? So you you wait if you put yourself in the character's shoes, you're like, what's going on? You you're the most lost probably you'd ever been in your life, and that's very cool. It's very psychological horror yeah. at the very beginning of the movie, and it's really well written, really well done that way. Yeah, I really enjoyed it because, I mean, it still stands up today. I mean, it was released, what, nearly 20 years ago at this point. Like, that's crazy. That makes me feel old. Um, But, (laughs) like, it brought back the fear to the zombies. Like, you know, we saw a lot of zombie films and it was just like, all right, yeah. I mean, they're a little bit scary and, you know, I probably wouldn't last long, but there was hope. There was just that tiny bit of hope that, you know, if you kept bashing their heads in with a baseball bat, you may be able to beat these zombies. Whereas when 28 Days Later came out, and even now when you watch it, you're like, oh, fuck no, there's no hope. Like, there's these are fast running. You cannot outrun them. They are vicious. Like, whereas Romero zombies, they're like, they just want to have a bit of a snack. You know, they just they just want to have a little bit of a nibble. Whereas these zombies are like, oh, they want to tear you apart. Like, they're not after food. They are after pure violence. And that is terrifying. Um, and then another thing that 28 Days looked at was the disintegration of society. Um, so we obviously see it in the soldiers when uh, Killian Murphy and Naomi Harris's character and the little girl go to an army barracks because I think that's got to be where the safe place is it turns out the soldiers are just as unsafe as the zombies outside what did you think of that reflection oh so definitely the, in, in that movie like that's one of those movies where like yeah the zombies are bad um but the people are worse like mm-hmm. ultimately the, the pe- it's it takes like I feel like it took a little bit from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein yeah um, where yeah there's the monster but the humans are the monster in this case and i feel like in that case i'd rather be with the out where with the the zombies uh, yeah a lot more than being on that base yeah I mean, look at like so not not even like all of them if you look at the like the young private he was he even he was belittled the whole yeah. time and i think that was really bad uh although if the rage zombies were uh we're real. I would not make it the two weeks. It'd be like a day. <laughs> a day. Sorry, If anybody sees me running, you run too. Run the yeah. same direction. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just like I love the way there was so much tension the whole time, like even when um you know they're walking through the streets of London and they just want to get some food and you know they hear like a noise and they've just got they've just got a bolt and then there's that bit with the taxi where the uh the wheel bursts and they've got to change the tire I have never sweated so much in my whole life like it's terrifying and Danny Boyle does such a good job of just setting the scene and like even from the very get-go where Jim is walking through empty London and there's nobody there's just like missing posters on a wall and he just creates this terrifying world of isolation and loneliness but this constant dread just around the corner yeah so when and when he does go through them through the in the very beginning when there's no one in London mm-hmm. it's there's the audio makes a big part of the of movies mm-hmm. but the the quietness the way they played into the quietness adds to that yeah and then the the 
the environments in which he goes to where he's looking for hope like he goes like one of the first places he goes to is into a church mm-hmm. he's looking for that hope where is everybody what's going on and he's missing that and then all of a sudden you know it goes zero to 90 in like a matter of a second in that movie and you're like whoa what's going on what's going on and like you're saying the scene with the with the with the car you're just like you're on your edge you see the whole time like what's going to happen who's dying yeah. is anybody dying let's go <laughs> get yeah. in the taxi yeah it's absolute terrifying and again like we talked about kind of zombies being the most real kind of horror that could actually happen like again with what we've seen like a viral outbreak like it, it, it could possibly happen and especially the way it happens because obviously in the opening scenes we are shown that you know animals are being tested on and then the animals are uh let go and they bite people and you're just like oh my god this shit could happen yeah what was what so what's cool about that part is like we we see that you know what they're doing they're, they're they were making the chimps they were they were pushing this they're they're causing them to become more and more angry and that's what caused them to become it, i mean in real life, like we know, like you said, we're, we know people are experimenting on animals. We, we hear about it all the time. What what if something is, you know, that virus? Um, so pe- people out there who just want to save the animals out of the cages, just let them be in the cages for a while. Because <laughs> that's how it happens. Like that's how the breakout happens. People go in there to save the chimps and then one gets bit and then one becomes two and then four. <laughs> like, so what do you think is the underlying message of 28 Days Later? Obviously, in Dawn of the Dead, we've got this kind of touch on consumerism. Um, what do you think is the underlying theme of 28 Days Later? See, I don't think it's either one theme to 28 Days Later. I think there's multiple themes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we see that the... So what I took from it is that we see that the real, the real threat is those around you, mm-hmm. um, especially with the military people. And then... Uh, loneliness i think loneliness in uh is a very big big theme in that movie because you have was it yeah jim sorry i have notes mm-hmm. over here uh <laughs> jim like he's by himself and the first people he sees he automatically trusts them mm-hmm. with no kind of vetting which i think is very odd like when you get to know somebody in person like you know it's like hey we're best friends now you're just like hey let's uh let's find some mutual ground here let's talk mm-hmm. Where I guess they have mutual grounds of you know surviving, but beyond mm-hmm. that, like they he had no clue who these people were at first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's I, I I get the loneliness theme as well, but I also feel like there's a big theme of like, is our society becoming more kind of angry? And like, especially obviously not back then in 2002 because the internet wasn't what it is kind of today. But like, are we as a, as a society becoming more angry, becoming more rage filled, um, and how does that affect us as a whole? That that's actually really good. Uh, I didn't think about it that way. I guess knowing them as rage as rage virus infected, I should have. But that's that's a pretty good point. Um, and yeah, I don't. I couldn't say that for sure anymore that we're built on anger but i definitely know that the anger is, pre- is definitely present in modern times mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's actually really good to i gotta go watch the movie for a fourth time <laughs> i gotta go watch it for a fourth time this week and look at it with that with with those glasses on 
um so would you recommend 28 days later to horror fans oh absolutely i think that's a like if you like zombies i feel like 28 days is definitely a key like a key cornerstone mm-hmm. in, in the zombies genre these days um i say take that one even like, if you watch like the walking dead mm-hmm. take take 28 days over the walking dead yeah i mean it'll save you a lot of time yeah. <laughs> a lot of heartbreak like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean when uh when frank dies that's still pretty sad <laughs> he, he had the worst death I know I we started um when our lockdown happened in Ireland we started Walking Dead for some reason because we like you know uh forcing misery on ourselves um and my my thing was Glenn I was just like no not Glenn yeah oh, I was talking about Jim and uh 28 days later when he uh when he gets the little bit of blood in his eye turns him and that is or sorry Frank yeah the little yeah. bit of eye, blood in the eye just turns him and like you've been you he was the moral compass the whole yeah. movie and like right at this big turning point right when we see the who the true monster of the movie is yeah he's taken out and yeah. so i feel like that's definitely he his death in the movie is definitely a turning point in that movie and it hits if you look at it that way of like him as the moral compass that movie takes a much darker and much more uh heartbreaking kind of kind of look at it because it's just his daughter is in this horrible horrible situation mm-hmm. um yeah he definitely I, represented like the death of hope as well because he was the one that yeah. was like we've got to get to the north and that's how we're gonna get saved and then obviously when he dies you're like oh no <laughs> yeah he, he was the one out there he was the one risk himself I and mean, with his full like homemade body armor and yeah. stuff like that to save jim like his character i think his character is probably the, the best written moot character yeah um but i think the best arc in that movie was definitely uh jim's jim yeah. had the best because that's he seems like he has father issues in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. um and he, so he latches on to frank as a father figure the main uh military guy i can't remember his name i'm sorry yeah uh, as a father figure but once he learns to let go of that he no longer becomes this like i'm a base baseline person like i'm gonna actually step up and i'm gonna be alpha now yeah and he just and he tears apart the military base these are guys who are trained and he mm. just takes about what we know of no training he has. Yeah, I mean, never cross an Irish guy. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That's fair. So out of the two movies, which one would you recommend over the other? Oh, definitely 28 Days. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. I think it's much a, be- a much better written movie. Mm-hmm. Um, although if I were to go with the original... Dawn of the Dead, I'd go with the original Dawn of the Dead over 28 days. So the hierarchy is the original 28 days, or original yeah. Dawn of the Dead, 28 days, 20, uh, 28 weeks, and then remake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think 28 days later, just because, as you said, it was a pinnacle, uh, a pivotal moment in zombie lore. I mean, we've had, as I said, like the 1930s, 1940s zombie films, um, and then we had George A. Romero's, and then we kind of didn't have anything for quite a while. And then we had Resident Evil, but they're, you know, they're kind of pants. Um, and then we had this take on the zombie that was just completely different and yeah. so British at the same time. And it's just, it changed the face of zombies. And I think that's such a massive thing for a film to do. Yeah. And I, I like how the how they explained like the transition of the mutation. 
Mm-hmm. Like in most zombies, you get bit by by the zombie and it passes through some way, either saliva or blood. Yeah. But this one, like even a drop of blood, uh, can turn you, which is even more scary if you think about it. Like, where are they getting their water from? Yeah, exactly. Um. So, what do you think is the future for zombie films? Uh, so we touched on a little bit earlier, but I definitely think with the current uh, everything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the way the world is, I definitely think uh, anybody who is going to be doing any zombie movie here in the future is definitely take inspiration of how the world is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think that's how it, they should. It should. I think that should be a cornerstone of every zombie movie going forward mm-hmm. um, is the current world and how people have reacted yeah i mean i've seen a few films that have come up in festivals this year that have looked at zombies as an environmental disaster okay so i think that's really interesting to kind of look at um one film in particular i cannot remember the name of it for the life of me but the zombies spewed like green gunge because it was uh the water was poisoned um so that's kind of an interesting take but yeah it would be like I'm kind of intrigued, but also worried about the new wave of zombie films that we're bound to see after the coronavirus um, and how they're going to take on because we've lived through. I mean, before it was speculation. It was, I guess this might go this way, but now we actually know what will happen during a virus outbreak. So it will be really interesting to see what will yeah, happen. I definitely think with the, the, one of the better parts I'd like to see in a zombie movie would be like, how everybody's like, how the hospitals, you know, they're at capacity mm-hmm. and how, how hospitals deal with that. Cause we see in 28 days later, he just wakes up in a coma. Yeah. Well, what's what's going to happen when, when he's in a coma and the hospitals are at, you know, capacity, what are they going to do with that person? What do they do with all the people coming in who are infected and how fast is the infection, right? Is the infection rate going to be like how COVID is, you know, yeah. 14, 14 days, whereas, you know, most zombie movies, you know, it's hours or days if a day if you're lucky yeah exactly um so before we end this little chat i always ask my guests what is your favorite horror film Ooh, uh man that's kind of hard because we as a family like i have my my wife my three kids and we all have our kind of thing so uh lately uh my two-year-old's been digging on uh the new pennywise okay so so the new new it uh so i would have to say at this moment that's probably it right that or like i love b-rated horror movies so if you're gonna go like i like the evil bong (laughs) (laughs) it's such a cheesy b-rated horror movie yeah if if you ever get a chance to watch it you, you gotta watch it yeah i i watched a couple of those kind of films a while back so there's like the killer sofa which is a New Zealand film. It's actually, it's brilliant. It's so bad. It's brilliant. And then there's stuff like uh, Llamageddon, uh, which is that killer llama from outer space. Um, there's like the killer tire, which is about this tire that just rolls up on people and murders them. And it's just I've like... S- I've seen that one. That one's so, <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. I really enjoy those films because I feel like they know it's bad and they're just yeah. doing it for the crack. Like, you know, yeah. like... I appreciate films that don't take themselves too seriously. Um, so, sorry, go question, on. question for you then. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what is your current favorite horror movie or suggestion uh, from what you've been seeing? Um, my current favorite. Um, oh gosh, 
Um, I, I'm one of those awful people that I find it quite hard to find modern favorites. Um, I caught last night in Soho at the London Film Festival, um, which is an interesting watch um, for anyone who's a fan of Edgar Wright. It's it's a bit weird. It's a bit James Wanney at some points. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> is it good? I I just saw like an advertisement for it not too long ago. It's like oh, it looks pretty interesting. I'm invited to go check it out. I think it was on like a Hulu ad or something like that. Um, I think it's. I mean, visually stunning. Um, especially like if you're into the '60s and. Uh, I mean, it's it's an Edgar Wright film, so he does amazing things with his camera works, like dolly pans, and he does um, his diegetic uh, audio, which is always amazing. Like he's always great with his uh, sound design. Story wise, I think it lacks a bit, but it's all right. It's it's fine. Um, another film I caught was actually um, on uh, Lily Amirpour's film Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon which is like a supernatural kind of fantasy flick um and that was really enjoyable if anyone's a fan of a girl walks home alone at night um I'm halfway through Lamb I don't know if you've seen trailers for it no I haven't it's this really really weird folk horror from Finland uh, it's called Lamb when it comes out you should definitely check it out it's trippy I had to turn it off I was like my like cold fever adult mind cannot deal with this right now like a lamb with baby arms I was just like no no Uh, (laughs) I can't deal with it right now um I'm really looking forward to dash cam coming out I don't know if you caught host Uh, I haven't seen host now oh my god do you have shutter uh, I do. I have <laughs> between uh, everything else has been kind of hard to watch movies. This, yeah, this, no, I get this that. Season. Yeah, yeah. If you manage to catch a film called Host, it's actually filmed on Zoom. Um, okay, brilliant. So the creators of that have now got a new film out called Dashcam, which I've heard is brilliant. Okay, so I'll yeah, seeing that then. Yeah, and then uh, the person who did Raw as well, Julia Dircono, she has a new film out called Titan, which apparently at the London Film Festival people were fainting at. So I guess Ooh. that's one to check out as well when it comes I'll, out. I look forward to that one too. Um, yeah. It follows kind of, I w- it was one, it feels like it was quite a part, part of that kind of genre. Yes, I, I actually have to rewatch It Follows because I, I liked it the first time I saw it. It's none yeah. of those movies I could talk hours about. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so that's my recommendation corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And, oh, I'm uh, glad to be here. Chat with me about zombies. So that was my chat there with Project Zero Cram about zombies. And in particular, we discuss in depth two films, Storm of the Dead and also 2002's um, 28 Days Later, directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, So what did you think of this week's episode? Would you have preferred another zombie film? I can kind of tell that a lot of people probably would have preferred we talk about Train to Busan, which is a very good zombie film. Um, But I'm going to hold that out for another um another episode um i think that deserves uh perhaps an even more in-depth deep dive because i i love train to Busan. um so yes that was our episode as always you can get in touch with us on facebook and instagram at what a scream podcast or on twitter at what underscore scream and don't forget that whatever 
podcast platform you're listening to us on to rate and review um it really helps us get out there thank you very much um as always i hope you are um doing good for anyone that's gone to see scream i hope you've really enjoyed it i'm actually going to go see it tomorrow when this comes out um i'm really looking forward to it i've tried so hard to avoid spoilers so if you have seen it don't spoil it for the rest of us um so yes as always stay horrific goodbye Shut